What is up, you beautiful creatures? Thank you and welcome for episode number 10. Um, I had to record this episode about a few weeks ago because my friend CJ, the guest of this episode, had to get married. He's getting married uh, actually this coming weekend. So um, I had to record this because he was just a little bit busy with his schedule and everything. And he just took his time to really come over and record this episode. So it was an amazing time and I'm truly thankful for it. Uh, he is an amazing coach, an amazing person. I hope you guys like it. Um, um, again, we go way back. Uh, he's one of the first coaches I also met when I hired, got hired at TS Fitness. So hopefully you guys enjoy and learn a lot about him. A little update on also on the season before we continue is that this season will be ending at season tw- uh, episode number 20 or 24. It will not be decided yet until episode 15. Uh, the reason I'm saying that is because it's just that the people that are going to be in season one are just specific people that I've been trying to get them in my podcast because there's something... Uh, to learn about them. Uh, but when it comes down to season number two, I'm going to be going a different direction. I'm going to be having a co-host and my friend Michelle is going to be there. She's been a guest in my in my podcast and she's going to be uh, moving forward with me. So that's going to be an amazing experience and something new that I'm going to go with the direction of the podcast. So thank you very much for all the feedback, guys. And I hope you guys like it. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you guys next week. What is up, you beautiful creatures? Uh, Thank you and welcome to episode number 10 of Alliance Pride. I know I'm I'm missing out the numbers because I'm doing recording after recording after recording. But I have a very, very, uh, I think, uh, my celebrity crush uh, (laughs) in my podcast. But... um, He's one of our good friends. We actually grew up in terms of like friendship uh, for like quite quite some time now, probably yeah, like a, like a year now, I think. Um, time flies, brother. What's up, beautiful creatures? <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to say that so bad, man. My 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 boy uh, CJ. I, I'm gonna butcher your last name. I don't know why. Kogel. Kogel. Is that how you say it? Kogel. German. German. I'm so Irish and Italian as well, but yeah. so you're Irish, Italian, and German. And German. Okay. But man, I'm running out on a football field one time, and it was an announcer from a different school. And he's like, to punt the ball, <laughs> CJ Coagle. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. It, like, it was ended up being a good thing because it got my mind yeah. up of like, yeah. how intense this moment was, and I was kind of giggling. Uh, but yeah, it's been butchered many times. No hard feelings. Yeah, I mean, nobody knows my last yeah. name too. Like, I, I forget to kind of like say my last name because it's like Terrasa. I'm like, just call me by my first name. Never you will the mention. Lion. Yeah, like oh, just call me by my name, the lion. The lion. And can you please do the chest opening <laughs> mannerism? And I think it, it, if I'm 34 years old, getting mad at people about how they say my last name, I'm not in a good place. Yeah, you know what pretty I mean? much. You yeah, you, you get mad when you're a kid. I mean, you know, for the longest time, they would call me Alex, but mm-hmm. my real name is Alejandro. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I'll take it as long as you're not making fun of it. I do get the issue on first days of school. Well, used to get the issue. I'm no longer in school. What would I be? I think I'd be like PhD now if I kept going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that didn't happen. So I write like my sister because I really wanted to be like her when I was growing up. And not saying that I don't want to be like her anymore. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> Kelly, I think you're great. Um, but because of that, I started learning how she wrote. And so on first days of school, teachers would read it out and because you write your name on yeah. the list, that they think it was Christina. So oh I would get like Christina Kogel, and I'd be like, oh, hey. So I kind of used it as my, let me get a little bit of extra credit in the beginning yeah. of every class. Like this so happened even in college. She wrote better than, is that what it oh, was? Oh yeah, she had, well, it was just like very bubbly and uh, like cursive. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like calligraphy? Or just Just like, think more of like bubbly cursive. Okay. Yeah. Because um, not a lot of people use calligraphy here in the United States. I grew up. Uh, writing calligraphy and but people didn't understand it here so I had to kind of like transition is, from calligraphy to is calligraphy just for the listeners because I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming there's a couple people out there who are like calligraphy what is that and you're you're not by yourself because I'm saying the same thing in my brain but is that like when you walk into the Met and you go into the Egyptian section and it's like pictures yeah kind of like that maybe, maybe <laughs> Elvin knows more about that too Dude, you know? yours is like, you're, you're, 
I can't wait for a thousand years from now when people look at your life and see your drawings on the wall. What a colleague of like. Oh, is that what he meant? Did he oh. have chest problems? <laughs> Was he trying to rip his heart out? Oh, the lion. The lion. Come on. Shows. Is that yeah. backwards? Is that, tricep? That ba yeah, that's you right. Be like he a had a hairy chest <laughs> that looks uh, photoshopped, but it's not. He must have, like... They must have been going through famine because in this three month he went from heavier to really lean. <laughs> you know, I know. <laughs> I was, how funny. When I that. met you, I was I was free. I was like my biggest. I would say, before we dive in, you know, to deeper conversations, <laughs> uh, the thing I've always appreciated about you, and it's I think a beautiful thing in this city, positivity. You're very open, friendly. You know? I wasn't like that at all. Really? Never. I was a That's very a angry. I was a very angry man. Really? H anger issues and everything. I would get ticked off within 2.5 seconds. Um, I took uh, racism, or if someone would talk about me, I would get physical real fast. Um, I would not take feedback lightly. I would take it personal in a negative way, mm -hmm. and I would actually not apply what people would say about me, and I actually would trans. I would transform that into a negative, and I would I would think that that person actually wants the worst of me. Now, where you're at now, and the light that I see come from you, what was there a moment that that changed, or like what was it about yourself where you're like, oh, I no longer want to be this way? Uh, the fact that I wanted to see my kids again, because I think that that personality uh, kind of diminished and completely toward that bridge of me trying to really see my kids because um, that anger and that personality uh, got me into trouble with, with, with the you know authorities, with police, uh, with court, and ultimately um, really almost, I almost lost my kids because of that. And that was the transition where I needed to be like, I, I need to change something. But it was also affecting my lifestyle. I wasn't friendly to everybody all the time. Um, I, was, I didn't trust anybody. And I also, too, just, I felt like everybody, like especially in the fitness industry, I felt like you didn't know anything. And this other person didn't know anything. And they were in their, in their job for the wrong reasons. Okay. So I was very, I would turn things around so negatively. And it was such a bad thing to do because we are in an industry that we need to think positively, right? We're motivators. We motivate people to get better and everything. Yeah, exactly. All of what I have told you has nothing to do with motivation. It actually diminishes the motivation aspect of anything exactly. that, that I do in this career. So but I, I also, needed to change that. What I think is dope is <clears throat> the transition is now giving your kids a better example as a father too. They, this is one of the reasons why I created this podcast because like people that I'm around and I've been surrounded by have changed my personality also. Like when I hang out with you, we not only talk about like fitness, we talk about everything, but we have fun, exactly. we Smile, laugh, we have our inside jokes, we joke around and everything. And even if I don't see you for like two, three weeks, it's like we haven't seen each other for like maybe a day or so you Aww. know like it's like, is like a rom-com <laughs> <laughs> but like the relationship no, is just I, I very organic and that's why i say organic friendship because you don't force a, you know when you're forcing a friendship yep. you Absolutely. truly want to hang out with them uh because you want to learn something from them because you want something from that person but when it's organic it, you're learning something but you're not learning because you want to learn from that person you're learning it as you go you go with exactly. a flow yeah i look at I think in New York City, it's very healthy to get to a place where you realize it's okay to lean on people in this city. Yeah. And I think... Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I trust the people that really screw me over, too. So, yeah. I mean, but you know, also, I don't just not trust anybody just because I want to. It's just I got screwed over pretty... And I think that's a beautiful thing because yeah. I've been screwed over in relationships. I've been screwed over in business. I've been screwed over in a lot of things because I come from two parents who have gone through a lot in life and I've seen them forgive yeah and they just spoke about this in church last week actually forgiveness when the other person necessarily doesn't even ask for forgiveness do you I go mean, to church every Sunday yeah every, every Sunday, every Sunday. You uh, know, unless like I'm traveling but then I try to go wherever I'm traveling as that well. is so cool you know what like 
So, uh, sorry, audience. Like we 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 just like so fluent with this, which is good. But you guys are like, what are they talking? About? <laughs> um, so CJ, I met CJ at TS Fitness. Yes. You, how long you know Noam? Going on a little over two years now. Over two years. So when I met you, because it's been like a year and a half, you just kind of like started hanging out with Noam. Yeah, pretty much. So I right? met Noam at a fitness event for Roan. Okay. He was like, hey, you should come check out my gym. Yeah. I'm like, where is it? Because you know <laughs> Down the block is. from your <laughs> house. Say, if, it, if it's in Battery Park, I would have been like, hey, man, this gym sounds great. I'll do an online session. <laughs> but he was like, oh, it's on 61st between 1st and 2nd. And I was like, dude, I live on that 61st was between 1st and 2nd. And he's like, what, what building? And it literally was two doors down. The, the scaffolding, yeah, that's insane. scaffolding insane. was covering it where I could go out of my building during the rain and not even get wet. That's, how that's, that, that's insane. And uh, it's funny because I just got hired and I was just here and I was still learning. I was just making that transition from like, all right, I need to like be someone else. So when I looked at you, I was like, look at this guy walking around. He's a model. I'm, and I'm being completely... No, no, I good, never man. told you this. No, no, it's good. But I was... You know, like the alpha ego, like, you know, so I kind of like spread my chest open, whatever. <laughs> I think it was after your workout and you were leaving. I was like, what is this guy? So I didn't see you as a threat, but I was like, all right, you know, what's, what's, what's up with this guy? And then Noam was like, oh, yeah, he competed before. I was like, he competed and what? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, jump rope champion. Like. And then I saw your Instagram. I was like, oh, shit, okay, he's a model. Okay, that's why he's all this pretty boy and everything. But, again, it wasn't because I was being a dick about it. It was just like, I was just, it was new for me to do that. And it was it, like, but you were so nice that I couldn't even, I couldn't even be a dick to you because you were too nice. <laughs> well, it, I mean, obviously studies show for you to be able to look at somebody, evaluate the situation really quick and try to base something off of that evaluation is, is like a safety thing, right? Yeah. What's up with this guy? Do I trust this person? Do I not trust this well, person? Well, because we look at the phys- uh, physicality first yeah. and it's, I'm so not about that, but it's, it is. Yeah. I found like, okay, so me walking into this gym. I evaluate gyms by the feeling I get. So I walked yeah. in, I was like, oh, this place is bright. It's full of light. I love that about it. And then I started meeting all the trainers that worked here. Yeah. And I did not know you felt this way. <laughs> but uh, or well, I might Lee, not have come back. Lee, Lee and Elvin was here. Just so awesome. I was just starting. Super so. welcome. Like, you know, sometimes you're at like a big box gym. Yeah. Nothing against them. But like sometimes like you'll feel like you're getting looked at. Oh, yeah. All the time. Here All the time. I just felt welcome. And so then I started turning up, like, even when I wasn't working out, just to, like, hang out. And then I got yeah. to get to know you guys more, and then obviously it becomes, like, a, a family here. And I've always felt accepted. Um, but it's also, like, how I feel about the fitness industry in general. I think we're getting in the world now in this space a healthy look at it, where yeah. it's more than just who can be the, the most lean, ripped person in the gym. Yeah. And more about, like, this is a community and let's find ways to help each other grow. And I think that once we, as the people who are technically the people in the industry that clients and stuff look up to, if they're looking up at us saying, oh, look at all these, what you would so-called like very masculine and in their industry very... Well, we do look uh, intimidating to the normal people that just maybe work out two, three times a week. Let's say, for example. How cool is that? Where the intimidating guys, so to speak, I'm where they're like the nicest guy, <laughs> are nice, and they yeah. collaborated with each other, and they had this friendship, and they laugh, and they're yeah. open, and they love, like that, dude. That's being watched. You're being yeah. watched, and so like if you can give that out, people will see that and hopefully emulate it. Yeah, you, know? you, you were pretty much like the first friend that I was transitioning because I only had one friend before that, and even with Noam, I was very just like, like very, like he would give me feedback, and in my head, I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> like cranky I'm yeah. like just take it just take it yeah. just start thinking what, what he means with that it was hard for me and I would take it very personal but like you were the first one that I would say probably started transition I was like alright you know he ain't that bad <laughs> <laughs> but I find feedback difficult for me to take too I think that's a normal quality it's not well, it's you have to good. see it like is it going to help me yeah. or is the feedback more about not me it could be something else, right? So let's say if you teach in a class, 
the feedback might not be you. The feedback yeah. might be the environment. The feedback might be something that has not that has nothing to do with you. Yeah, exactly. And you have to know how to differentiate that because if it's about you, they'll tell you, "Hey, listen, you sucked as an instructor, right?" Or they'll be like, "Hey, listen, there was no towels there. That's not my fault, right?" But I would take that as a personal thing. I'd be like, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." I'm like, "Well, it's not your fault," but I'm just like. So I, I know the differentiation in, in terms of that. I think the, if I panned out and thought of it like from the discernment yeah. side of it, where's the feedback coming from? And is that a source that I would say I want to take feedback from this person? Yeah. Because if you're on social media and you're looking in the comments below, oh, I and refuse. you take feedback yeah. from there, then you're setting yourself up to have some issues. Yeah. So pay, I would say pay attention who you absorb your information from yeah. and I think that's why this place is dope it's like I come here as supposedly a leader and I find good validation in the feedback department here like absolutely like I love it like I, I love coming in and learning we did the kettlebell thing together oh, yeah. remember that yeah, like the that to me thing, is like yeah. if you don't do that stuff you can be a leader and still not holding it right and well, like how else do you learn like, so I read this book called uh, Lead Without Title mm-hmm. you know so it, it was all about appreciating any job that you have uh, you know, uh, by the guy who rode, uh, I think I sold my Ferrari for something. Like the guy who sold his Ferrari, I don't know his name, so I'm not really good with names, but I'm working on that. But in this book, he talks about like several people would they have different type of jobs. Some jobs a lot of people would never do, but it's about really not the job. It's about how much you perform in that job, that and you sense. grow from that. You can be at a when you can be working at Wendy's. But work the way you need to work. Maybe in six months you'll be better at it. Maybe a manager or something. You can always evolve from a job. I find when you think of job-based stuff, yeah, a lot of that stuff has to do with pride, right? Oh, yeah. Like if you look at like a position, you're like, oh, this position isn't good enough for me. Instead of looking at it, like you said, like how can I be the best at this position to get myself up higher? Yeah. Uh, and I found myself in the prideful state. That was uh, right out of the real world. I just got off. Oh, actually, before I cut you off, um, because we're going all over the place here. (laughs) But that's one question I want to ask you because even though we never spoke about it too much about it, how did this all become? Because I know that you are you're a model because you're a pretty boy, (laughs) but (laughs) but uh, you're in the fitness industry because of mostly because of modeling, and uh, you're you're considered more of a fitness model, right? Yeah, I would consider like if someone asked me on the street, I would say I got heavily into fitness because I would wanted to invent fitness products. Okay, that's where it like started initially. So let's retract this when like all right. So let's post the other stuff we were talking about it, but like where are you originally from? I'm Florida boy. You're a Florida boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Florida. so Florida boy. Um, families are not separated. Mom and dad are divorced. Really? How but long? I, they got divorced when I was 13. When you were 13? Yeah. How did that affect, like, It was tough. Years? I think that was one of those, 13's an interesting age. Yeah. Because you're obviously still a kid. You're starting to get some you can hormones. Go, you can go yeah. so many routes super at that age. You know? It was, uh... I was going to a private school at the time, Christian private school, and because of the divorce, it was hard to, to afford it. And so one day, no joke, my mom walks in, she's like, say bye to your friends this morning, tomorrow you're going to a new school. <laughs> and I'm like, ha ha ha, that's funny. Next day, so new go, friends. I kind of go, go into that day, I remember it being like, hey guys, like, my mom said this, I'm not really sure, uh, I think I'm going to a new school tomorrow, and wham, I woke up the next morning, my mom brought me to this new school. I'm wearing khaki pants, like looking like I'm a private school kid going to this public school for the first time. I mean, oh, I went shit. from uh, pre-K all the way to the middle of my eighth grade year in public school. So now all of a sudden, I've, I mean, private school, and now all of a sudden I'm finding myself in public school. So I'm like, wow, this is this is interesting. And uh, I can wear whatever I want. But it was like middle of eighth grade year, which is tough because all these kids are transitioning going... into high school. So you already you already had the clicks on. People already knew each other. For so sure. you had the left foot. Like, I'm in, feel, like, out of nowhere. So did you feel left out? I got heavily bullied by the guys. No. And the girls were awesome. So are I'm you like, serious? girls are so sweet. This is great. But because of that, the guys were like, "Who's this new kid causing all this ruckus?" And so my for those four months, man, I was like every day. At, there was this one kid, man, he would, like, chuck this basketball at me, like, every day at recess. And he was, like, the big, like, buff guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, dude, I was this, like, 
public school, kind of low-key prude kid, like, never mess around with girls, you know what I mean, on that front, like, so I'm, like, in this environment of, like, people are hooking up, and there's, like, weed going around, I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy, oh I'm getting bullied, this one kid, Carlos, would try to swing on me every day, um, did you get long, into, into fights? I would always dodge oh, it, you, you would just like, avoid I was pretty, it, I was okay, like, I, I've, I'm not a, scared of the fighting process just, I was just uh, scared of getting trouble. in trouble okay and so basically fast forward it ends up being at the end of it all really cool situation I ended up uh, picking up some basketball in the morning with some kids those kids ended up protecting me against all these other kids people started realizing I wasn't trying to cause trouble I really yeah. wasn't even into like hooking up with girls so like your girl's safe buddy you know what I mean yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of vibe and my sister went to the high school that I was going to go to, it was Deerfield, it was different. Yeah. So this was in Boca, and my sister went to Deerfield High. She had found out that the football team needed a kicker, and so told the coach that I played soccer. So all of my eighth grade summer going into ninth grade summer, I went to Deerfield High, and every day during the summer, practiced with the football team, which ended in turn giving me the chance to play varsity as a freshman. Oh shit, So nice. I went from like being a popular kid at to private school to jockey. being- well, popular <laughs> to then getting bullied, to then being back as like the most popular kid on campus. You were going up and down, up and down. How was that relationship? Man, I'm so Especially thankful. because your parents were divorced. Did you feel they were in the right, process of? Getting they were in the process of getting divorced. You're getting bullied left and right. Who would you go to and kind of like say, "Oh, Jesus, kept it to yourself." I told him. Like, I was like, "This stinks. I hate this school." And then my mom, my stepmom, she has like platinum blonde hair. <laughs> She's like, oh, you, we should dye your hair. So she dyes what? my hair platinum blonde. I'm like, I just wanted the tips because the tips are cool. She does the whole thing, and then she gives me this bowl cut. So not only am I already getting bullied, I go in with this platinum gotta, blonde gotta, bowl cut. You gotta cut. show me a picture oh, behind it. Anyway, so the beauty of it all, and I'm not the person who's gonna be like, oh, I got bullied, because I think there's people who have it much more difficult. Oh, yeah. they've, they've gone through it their whole life. Oh, yeah. This was only four months of my life, and then I was back in, you know, being a cool kid again. But what it taught me and it's stuck with me ever since, is sometimes you don't know how to relate to a feeling unless you feel it yourself. Hell yeah. And so I felt what it felt like for dudes to just want to beat me up all the time and throw balls at me yeah. and all that stuff. And so like, I had empathy to a level of, now that I'm the kid at school who has popularity, let me use this in a way where I don't have to make people feel that way anymore. Yeah. So I, I talked to like the seniors on the football team and I was like, hey, why don't we make our football eating section that we have inclusive to everybody? Anybody's having an issue, they should, they can come hang out with us. So we started realizing, like, there was at the time Fast and Furious was really popular. Right. So we had like the Fast and Furious kids all of a sudden were like coming around the football section. Then you had some of the kids who were a little, you know, I, I like not nerdy, but like you know, I mean, the kids who it's definitely. Okay, I'm a nerd myself. I'm a nerd too. It's just yeah, you know. So. Sense but I just started realizing that people of all different steps in high school were coming around, yeah. and it became this inclusive environment. Uh, and it all was because that four months of feeling like that. And now today, like, I really surround myself with buddies and friends who are the people who stick up for the people yeah. who sometimes can't stick up for themselves. And it's, I'm thankful, man. I would take that, I, you could give me that and four months. What made you think that way? I mean, all right, so I mean, you, you do have a very, I wouldn't say, I, I, I could probably say that, uh, religious um, background. Um, again, I mean, I don't have anything against it. Like, I was forced to go to church mm -hmm. at 6 a.m every Sunday with my grandpa. He was very religious. Uh, I only went there and because of him. And um, I, it's not that I, I avoid going to church. I really do go to church when I need to, like when I need to just time for myself and just kind of like talk to my grandpa or to my grandma, I'll be like sitting down there. But I avoid it because I used to do it with them all the time. That it's just it's a trigger point for me to remember them and it's not something because i never was able to say goodbye to them so for me it's just like oh man but i appreciate that that you know very rare i i have friends actually no i think you are my only friend that actually goes to church on a regular basis and um, i come from know. two parents who have like really tough upbringings my dad was an orphan by 11 and my mom was sexually abused by her dad so she was 18 years old and so Whoa. Like, um, and they wow both through those situations found themselves in church became Christians and they're both the type of people who talk about 
their faith as being a relationship with Jesus yeah. instead of a religion. Right. And so this isn't like a step-by-step process. If I don't complete these steps, I feel bad about Correct. myself. It's like, no, communicate with your creator, build that relationship, and the rest of this stuff kind of takes care of itself. Which is organic. Again, like, I think this is for people, for everybody. This is fitness, life, period, life exactly. itself. When it fits into you, you know you're making the right decisions because you don't have that gut feeling. You don't feel that doubt. You pleasantly want to do something. And when that happens, then you have to go with that mindset because your mind is like, I'm okay with that. But the second you feel forced, the second you feel like there's a doubt, the second you feel like, I don't know about this, you have to recheck everything you have to do. And that's with friends, that's with life, that's with your job. And, and, and I know that a lot of people are like, oh, well, if I don't have a job, I can pay my bills. I'm not telling you to quit your job, but maybe find something that's gonna make you happy. I mean, I genuinely love my job. I'm sure you love your job. I can wake up at four o'clock in the morning, maybe I'll be cranky for three, <laughs> for three minutes because I'm waking up, but after that, I'm game on, I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm changing people's life. I'm actually looking forward to when I come home uh, to uh, go to my... I actually don't feel happy when I'm done working, yeah. to be completely honest. It's funny. I, I definitely feel my least happiness when I'm stagnant. Yeah. When I'm sitting there like thinking, oh, <laughs> how can I be using this yeah. time? I'm like, what the hell? And yeah, it's interesting. It's, That's a, it's a good thought. I find Gary Vaynerchuk's a guy that I've followed for years. Oh, yeah, Gary V, come on. I just think he's, like, he's heavy on the empathy, heavy yeah. on like the, making sure you're doing things right. But he talks about very similar. Don't necessarily quit the job you don't like. Yeah. But when you get done at five o'clock, start building the thing you love. So then one day that flip will happen. Yep. And then nine to five goes away, and then your job that you love is there. Yeah. Because I hear a lot of stories. I'm like, oh yeah, I quit my job where I was making a hundred thousand dollars. Even though I'm making twenty thousand dollars, I'll take that happiness, and I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. I hear it all the time in fitness. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I'm baffled by it, but they. They don't have a sense of urgency. They don't have a sense of like freaking out. I mean, it's gonna happen. When I quit my job and I was like, I'm gonna go on with Unleash Fit and I'm gonna see what I'm gonna do, I was freaking the fuck out mm-hmm. because I had two boys, I was by myself. I don't know anything business perspective. I don't know. Uh, come from an immigrant background. My dad, even though he has some business, I think I still, till this day, I feel like he's not business savvy in that perspective. And it's okay to say that. But I was freaking out for like three months at least. But once I settled down, I found Noam and TS and I was like, you know what? Maybe it's not the right time for me to go on my own yet, but I need to learn from someone that is actually savvy as me. And being in TS, learning and everything, that actually transitions me to like, okay, maybe now I can tap the water a little bit better now, right? So, and... It's funny, like as you say it that way, you can kind of get a little glimpse on how you transition from being somebody yeah. who was so afraid of people telling you what to do to yeah. like, oh, I actually need guidance in this area yeah. to teach me how to get to the place and, I want. And to realizing myself. that made it a better transition for me than actually being forced to change, yeah, which absolutely. is something that my dad wanted me to do because it was like you're an angry kid and blah blah. blah. I was like, I don't want to hear it. Dude, it's story after story. I hear people go to college to study something that their parents said to study. Dude, they get there, they spend all that money. It's becoming a regular norm. And then they're sitting there, they're, they're, they're perfect example. I know somebody who, <laughs> I know somebody who is a lawyer. Yeah. Hates her job. Did it because her parents wanted her to. And now is trying to figure out life. And I'm like, technically on paper, you did everything right. Yeah. You went to school. Very American school. dream. That's what I call Making it. Making tons dream. of money doing these things. And there's actually another girl I met at, at, uh, at the gym one time. She's like, hey, you look like you're into fitness. Are you a trainer? And so I was talking to her about it. And she's like, you know, I was really thinking about quitting my job. Another lawyer. She's like, and becoming a personal trainer. Quit her job. Got in health and fitness. And is extremely happy now because she did this transition. But I'm like, you spent all, all that, of yeah. that time. And then you think about it. It's not a waste. No. Because it took that same journey for her to get to where she actually wanted to be. Sometimes you find it fast. Sometimes it takes years. It's... And it's, and it's crazy that some people learn their lesson at a, like, older age, but also, too, at the same time, it's, that's when they realize, that's, that's their, I feel like that's their time. So, in other words, it's like, you might not be able to learn a lesson at this age. Um, you patiently have to. So, there was, so there was, 
there was an episode. I think it was a Twilight Zone episode. Um, I was hoping you're gonna say Friends. <laughs> <laughs> but in this episode, they talk about like this guy talks to a, another soul. I was like, I want to be a millionaire. And the, and the guy was like, Well, you're gonna go through some stuff for the next forty years. So the guy ended up uh, really just like saving a lot of stuff of his house uh, that where his parents were. And he was very unhappy with himself. He didn't have any money. He was almost broke and everything. He was very unhappy for like sixty years in the episode. Until sixty years, he was like, You know what? I want to move out. I want to do my own thing. He was older now. He was aged and everything. He's like, I'm just gonna sell everything that I need. And then all of a sudden. All that stuff that he was saving actually ended up being millions and millions of dollars, and it was like, it was his freedom that was, was in the getting. Yeah, so the stuff. soul was like, I told you this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. You had to go through this suffering in order to do this. And the guy is like, Well, I'm old enough. I was like, Yeah, but this was your time. Yeah. This is where you were supposed to learn your lesson. It's interesting too because you think of the people who are willing to quit the job for the thing that they want to pursue. And then you look at their passion for it, and you're like, "Wow, that yeah. person is like amped." Yeah, and there's, they work there's really a difference between it. passion and desperation in terms of like, I just want that quick money. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's like, "Oh, you're a trainer. How much do you charge?" The second a person t tells me that, I was like, "You're in the wrong business. Like, don't don't even try it. You're gonna." F and I hate to say that you're gonna fail at something, but sometimes you need to fail in order for you to understand why you. Like what, what? What you need to go through? Yeah, because I think when you think of the breakdown of what excites me about what we do with personal training, it's not oh hey I make this amount of money. It has always been for me, and it's not even about them like physically changing. It was like the emotional, the mental side of like watching your client grow up in that type of way. You're yeah. sitting there like I cannot believe how much this person's grown. Whether that's their personality, their kindness, like those kind of things. And I think that's. That, to me, is the thing sometimes you don't understand that you give off as a human. But now, my question is to you, were you doing what your parents wanted you to do? Because now that you've seen all this, you're saying all these things, people quitting and everything, because I can almost guarantee you, I don't think your mindset was into fitness or creating things. Um, you have separate parents, you're in college, you're a football player, now you have different options of what you wanted to do. Did you pursue something that you wanted to do? Or was it something that your parents were giving you pressure on? So just to give my parents some credit, even though they were separated, both were like amazing parents. They showed up for me, they always were there for me, and they used to always say to me, hey, we're not, we don't care what you do, but when you do it, do it. Right. Yeah, and enjoy it. My dad would always say, hey, no matter what the outcome of this game is, go out there and have fun. Dad, I'm gonna be a stripper. <laughs> do, do it, it good. better. And don't do it quit. Good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're, very, they're very much like just, just don't quit, just man. Don't if you quit. start the season, don't quit. You right. Know? Um, but make sure you're having fun too. So I always love that. And so when I was done with school, I had the chance to to go after an NFL career, which was really fun. Uh, and Did you make it to the pros? I never stuck with a team. But when I was coming out of... So you were kind of like a free agent, just going for like... Uh, yeah. So my senior football season, when I graduated, I was on Mel Kuyper's top five for the NFL draft for my okay. position. So I was ranked very high, um, predicted to get drafted. So everything was going in that direction. Yeah. High profile so, agent. So once, once that happens, I guess your mindset was switching to like, all right, this, this I want to be my, a pro. This yeah. is it. And yeah. This yeah, is going to yeah, help yeah. me take care of my family. And right. I really enjoy doing this. And it's something that not a lot of people get to do. So like I took pride right. in the fact that, and, and I was grateful. How old were you? 19? I was 22. 22. Just, okay. just about to turn 22. So for me, I felt very fortunate to be in this position. And a lot of that had to do with hard work and... I mean, I was definitely... You were dedicated. You weren't going to outwork me at my position. Right. I mean, you were dedicated. Freezing cold weather. I was on my way to the pool to do pool workouts, all, all kinds of stuff. I look back and say, that is a time where I'm still trying to this day find that kind of hunger and dedication for something specific in my life. And I'm finding that now through inventions and business. Right. And But it takes some time to fill a hole where your whole... And, and you have to be careful because like football was my identity. Yeah. It became like something to me where it's like, I'm CJ and I play football. Or I go to school and I was in college and like, oh, you're the football player. Oh, you're the punter. So you start figuring this out. And then when that comes to the end, like when I knew I wasn't going to make it to the NFL. Were you disappointed? Were you, like, were, you let, were you let down? And were you left in that situation, in that room where you're like, okay, so now where do I go? Well, you, you feel let down because you obviously didn't accomplish a goal. 
you feel let down because you had a ton of people who expected that from you. See, that's see that that hurts more because there's a difference of you having a high expectation. Yeah, you probably won't be satisfied, you'll be unhappy, whatever, but it goes away. It hurts more when there's people around you that are expecting something from you and that letdown is hurt, more hurtful. And sometimes that sometimes affects someone else's. And that's one of the reasons why me as a parent, I would never say to my kids, hey, I expect this from you, but I will probably go a different direction. So when they, when they fail at it or something like that, it doesn't affect them that way. And, and I think that type of communication sometimes uh, it's a little bit better. No, I agree. And you know, again, it wasn't. It wasn't that my parents were like, "You need to make it to the yeah. NFL, or we're, we won't be proud of you." It but was you more wanted like, to make them proud. I wanted to. Yeah. Make them proud. See that. See, so see that hunger. Short, yeah. That hunger got you to that. And when you got the answer of no, you and your head already are like, "Well, my parents are going to be disappointed." Yeah. Even though your parents were like, "You tried your best." Exactly. Like you already have made it yeah. to such a level where not yeah. many people. We're not as a, but you are like I wanted to make you proud, parent. Like, you know, dad mom. So I had a hole, man. I had a hole and I was trying to fill it and so I was like, okay, what are some things I could do to fill this? And one of them was teach younger kids how to kick and help them get football scholarships. So at one point I was co partner of the biggest kicking camp in the country. And all the college scouts would call us, who's the kids you got that are great? And I was starting to like groom these kids to become college football players. And some of them made it what to the NFL. Career, uh, What was your career? What were you studying in college? Uh, I was a communication major with a minor in theater. Did you, did you finish? You finished yes. with that, all yeah. that? Okay. So, so I, you, you, you wanted to become an actor. But I was sitting at the, well, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. That was like oh, really? the initial oh, wow. thought going okay. into, into okay. school. So like that's like plan B type of thing. It, in, it kind of plays in yeah. if you are successful in your career in sports it kind of right. goes right into it but so you high, were planning things yeah the high uh, school I went to there was a magnet program I was running radio stations I learned how to edit videos I was taking all the photos for the yearbook I was very into like the creative side of school um, so when I went to college I was definitely like oh I want to I pursue this deeper the thing I find interesting about that is you go in with this like I want to do this and then I found myself in a communications <laughs> program that had, did not have that in it so I was stuck between okay I'm here for school and play ball but now I'm not being fulfilled academically and so what ended up happening was I was finding myself in these interpersonal communication classes which talk about how humans can communicate with each other what the basis of communication and then we would have to see all these examples of like African tribes communicating with each other without words and how can we figure out what they're trying to say that is body insane. language all this stuff so you don't realize this stuff is helping you yeah in the moment you're just like i don't want people. this this is not part of my career but and, you're learning so much more and later in life it, it pays off yeah. in the way you handle yourself and the way you can read people and well, that kind that's of thing coaching it's awesome yeah and so for me i found uh, my hole was starting to get smaller when i started teaching kids and helping them get to where i wanted to be in, in a way where I was still at an age where they looked at me as an older brother. Mm -hmm. And at this time, when it, I, I had went and done the real world at this point. Okay, so you were already done with the real world. Yeah. And how, how was that experience? How did you Incredible, man. Were you, were you shocked when you got that phone call? It was oh, like absolutely. you made it in? So I'll pull back a little bit. I'll talk about how a mentor like helped me get to where I was going. So I was dating a girl who had one year left of school at UMass. I took a job. It was my summer job that I was doing during the summers of playing ball. He offered me a full-time job and whenever you want it, if you ever want to come back, you can take it. So I took the full-time job because I, I was still dating a girl in the area, but I was still in school, so I was able to train for the NFL. It's perfect. Facilities. Okay. Right. I was coaching the kickers and punters at UMass at the same time, so I oh, felt wow, like I was nice. giving back a little bit too. Yeah. And I, um, I just found myself working a nine to five job selling human resource development products to fortune 500 companies and it wasn't that i wasn't good at it it just didn't inspire me and my boss young dude his name's greg coming to my wedding still talk to him he sat me down he's like bro you have so much life in you i gotta get you out of here he's like i'm willing to help you any way possible he's like i know you you have the creative background i know you have the theater background why don't you just go after some tv shows and so this man started sending me castings paying me a salary and would give me gas money to go to the castings in Boston and New York City. That's so crazy. basically it was like, here's your olive branch, bro. 
go do something good with your life. I mean, you're always going to have someone that, listen, when someone is giving you that type of hand and you still don't want to do it, hands, yep. then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so I, I was going to these things and randomly one day we're sitting at Applebee's and he's like, do you ever think about doing the real world? And I'm like, Greg, like, the only thing that's really ever happened to me that's wrong is like, yeah, my parents got divorced, but that's a normal thing. You know, it happens to everyone. He goes, why don't you just send an email, take, a, take some hours, strategically map it out as if it's a job email and send it out. So I did some research online. I looked up what some people were putting in their casting videos and something, and I just structured a smart email. No response. Three months, no response. So I was like, oh, that didn't work out. And then randomly, I go back into the office one morning, an email from them. We'd like to meet you. Here's a little VIP pass. Come meet us in Boston. So that started my process with it. But the, I would say the coolest part about the show is it gives you a platform. It's like an immediate platform. It's like the show airs one night. You aren't known by anybody. And then all of a sudden, you have thousands upon thousands of messages in your inbox because at the time Facebook yeah. was the, the, the more popular one um, and Twitter and all of a sudden it's just like holy cow I have all these messages so I was like I want to be somebody who responds to everybody so uh, first night I'm responding wow. to like, I responded to everyone and then what happened is the next day all the new people who were catching reruns started messaging you and then the ones that you just answered to messaged you back so I really quickly got overwhelmed with it right. all they don't teach you how to handle that right and so but i think the platform was my favorite part about it because at that point you can say what you believe in and there's people listening to it and then you can have that effect right um so i felt like okay what in my life is important and what do i want to get across to people fitness is one of them faith is one of them but faith is something that i don't necessarily I don't walk around preaching much. I think yeah, it's I, can, I can't like, see you as a preacher anyway. I think it's like a lifestyle. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, like, I, I, that's, I I think that's mostly for you. Yeah. I think that's what keeps you sane. Because uh, there's certain things that you, we just got to keep it to ourselves that we don't have to teach to other people. It's just something that is part of us naturally. There's other things that we, you know, coaching. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But like, so that made you decide to become a coach? Well... I knew that there was that there was definitely the hole there from the gap of not being involved with football anymore, and you had a certain passion for fitness. And then why you play why you play ball during the summers and stuff? You get asked to host camps, so I would already be hosting camps sometimes. So I knew I liked teaching younger dudes. Um, and then when the fitness came in, was not only did I have the chance to teach them how to kick, I could teach them what I did to get myself better as a kicker. Functional training, right. speed work, all that kind of stuff. So that's where it kind of started pivoting. Like, oh, let me get some uh, more knowledge in this space. But at the same time, I was using a fitness contraption and I realized, oh, I can make this better. So an idea kept in my head to invent something. When it came down to the idea, because you are the creator of the auto, yep. um, was it something that just one day you just, because sometimes that happens. You just wake up like, I got an idea. I want to use it. This one was a practical. I mean, I was using a product, and I was like, I want this product to be a little different. Different. Looked okay. it up, couldn't find it. And so I fortunately had a, a buddy who is an inventor, and his dad's been inventing for like 40 years. So started chipping you ideas. Lean on people, man. I yeah. hit him up. I'm like, dude, I need some advice in this situation. Can you help me with some of the steps? So the steps was patent search to see if it's out there. And when it came back cleared, I'm like, I really have an opportunity to, to do it. To do it. Um, so I had to sit there. It wasn't like I was making a ton of money at the time. I barely had anything in my account. At that time, were you single? Were you dating already Bree? Or uh, I was in a relationship. I was dating a girl named Abby, which is still one of my close friends. I dated her for five years. But, you know, you think what I was dealing with at that time was I was off the real world at this point. Everybody around me thought I was hyper successful because they think because you're on TV, you're making yeah. a ton of money. Like, I was only there for one episode. Like, and this, goes back, this goes back to the pride thing we were talking about before. Yeah. I had family members who were like, why aren't you helping your other family members? You're a millionaire now. And wow. I'm like, do you understand? I made $175 a week shooting that show. That's what they pay you. And they, they dock the other half and give it to you at the end of the season. So it's not like you're making a ton of money doing this. 
but it's what you use the leverage for right. after that can yeah. help you. So at this point in my life, I was getting bombarded by people thinking I had a ton of money, which I didn't. And then also being in a position of, okay, to make money, I'm going to either have to go back doing some of the jobs I was doing prior, which pridefully you're like, well, people are going to think like, why are you doing that? Yeah, I just saw you on TV. So you're like in this battle You're getting between, bullied in a different level now. It's interesting. See, it as like, a young kid, <laughs> yeah. you were like top, then went down, then once you kind of like smell the floor again you had to go right back up yeah and I wouldn't it, it, I never saw it at this point being like a bully thing I just thought it was more I of mean like, not not bully it in terms of like they were bullying you I but see what you're saying though. when Absolutely. you like kind of like you think about it from that you standpoint. see it in that perspective I mean that's how I'm seeing it yeah so I was thinking like okay well what what can I do that lights me up on fire and, and so obviously the kicking and that kind of stuff got into play like teaching kids and then as I got to a point of where that product was getting to a point where I needed to bring on investors or at least talk about this to an investor. I was sitting in a meeting with a room full of what I had no idea was like $16 billion worth of Jesus money. Jesus Christ. My friend's dad set me up with this meeting. They say, we want three things from you and we'll invest in your product. One, we want you to grow yourself in the fitness industry so when the product comes out, you can be yeah. the face of it. Get it patented yourself and get it prototyped yourself. If you can do those three things, we'll rock with you. So I go home that day. I felt like that was a win, even though I didn't get any money. Right. I hopped on the computer. I'm like Googling like fitness, fitness industry, fitness companies. And Wilhelmina popped up that they had a sports and fitness division in New York City. And I was already with them in Miami at this point. Okay. So I signed with Wilhelmina as I was being a kicking coach as well. So like all that kind of stuff was happening. So here I am. I'm sitting at this crossroad of like, do I give up the kicking camp company, which has passion inside of that? So I leave Miami, which is where I initially started my modeling, and I was growing myself to pursue auto, this fitness invention to grow myself in a city where like I have no, 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 yeah. no, no one, um, which is unpredictable. It's expensive. Like, how do I even make that happen? So I was like, whatever, I got to do it. So I you took that to leap of faith. You had to. Like, yeah. that's, that's the only way you're gonna you know because you're gonna regret it. I had to. Yeah. Like, it was something inside me that was, I knew I would be 45 years old sitting there being like, why did I never go do Pretty that? Much. And I did not want to do it. And now I look at it like, I'm going to be 45 years old. It's one of the greatest things. Being like, look what I did. Without that, you wouldn't be in the situation of about to get married. You wouldn't met Brie. You wouldn't be in this situation. You wouldn't be on this podcast. On, on this podcast with like the most amazing person, which is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my reason. That was your reason, <laughs> bro. You. No, and it's true. You know, you don't. I'm somebody who beats myself up a lot because oh, like you dude, said before we can relate on that all day I love where I'm at I'm happy but because you look at yourself in the mirror and you see the ways you can work harder be better you look back at yourself and you're like oh I'm not where I want to be yet and I don't think I'm ever gonna be where I want to be which is okay because it's growth right yeah. it's like you get to the thing that you think you're never satisfied goal, that's you all keep going. and I think I'm satisfied in, in areas, for sure. Like, I love my relationship. I love how blessed I am to have a woman like I do. So I'm very satisfied in that relationship. I'm very satisfied in where I'm at in business, like how it's structured. But what I'm not satisfied yet is how do I get to the next level of... There's some goals I have, which is, like, be able to, like, take care of my parents. Like, be able yeah. to do things for other people that people don't know I'm doing. Like... How can I be somebody who gets to a level of success, which is my definition of success, and use that to, to help other people in the process, get them from where I was to where I'm at now? So I think that's going to be the thing where I it's, think it's it, always Do you evolving. think that that's your next chapter now? Since now you're, you're pretty much closing the chapter of like, this is the way I see it. Now you can prove me wrong on this one. I feel like... I mean, all these things that has been happening to you, it's been more like little, you know how you watch a movie, right? And you have Easter eggs, quote unquote, right? Things that you so you don't see, but you see it later after you see it over time. And I think that's what you've been having Easter eggs here and there and there in your life. You just didn't pay attention to it until now, where you're actually now, your mindset is a little bit different. You're actually more open-minded in what you want and you're basing more on your past but you're using your past to fix, to, to create your future compared to like 
you're looking at your past and be like, oh, I should have done this. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, in a negative yep. perspective. You're more of like, this is what happened in the past. This is what I can use. This is what's going to help me grow into whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I, and, I mean, my past has definitely made me who I am. And, and you know what? But, like, the, the question is to yourself, like, when you look at yourself in the mirror, one, are you shocked where you're at right now? Like, are you in disbelief to a certain degree where I'm like, you know what? In a million years, didn't expect to be here. I did not expect to be here. I didn't even have the mindset or the purpose to be in this situation. And are you okay with that? Yeah, what I find interesting is, you know, because I really don't take the time to step back and think of it like this yeah. or take the time to, like, talk it out. When I think of it, I'm... I'm in a position now where I'm like, wow, I had no idea I would get to this point. And I think that has to do with, like, even inside the modeling industry, it was something I never thought I could do in general. I just didn't look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm an, a model, or I didn't think I was attractive enough to be a model, yeah. all that stuff. And so when I find myself positioned to be someone on Wilhelmina Sports and Fitness Board that people look up to, I'm like, wow, how did I do that? And it wasn't me it was just working you. harder no it was I, just I, I, you I did the things that made me be positioned to be successful there right it was more of being a good person diving into people's lives communicating getting to know others being somebody that people want to be around yeah and naturally without thinking is this going to grow me or not it kind of puts you in a position of growth because it's like the positive mentality like how can I be there to help other people and before you know it you're like oh wow I built these relationships and people care about me in a way yeah. where they want to see you succeed and so it really breaks down to mom going through abuse turned it around she talks to thousands of women she runs a sexual abuse ministry a um, sex trafficking ministry and a prison ministry wow. and so I watched this woman take the most negative thing that could pretty much happen yeah. to me and turn this into life changing thing for women I look at my dad what he went through and now I see this man who, since I was a kid, taught me that crying is okay. Wearing pink is fine. Be, uh, my father's like the complete opposite, opposite to all that. I feel like my dad was a mean, fighter bodybuilder. So I'm looking at this beast of a man who had a gay best friend, who just was this guy who everything you would think about him when you see him is a total opposite. He's this big, ripped, softy that loves people and talks. So I had these two examples of forgiveness, my mom's side, taking that forgiveness and using it and that's positive. strength the strength wow. from this guy so here I am finding myself as an adult like dude oh, I hug people I talk to everybody yeah. um, I have a faith based uh, backbone so like you, you start thinking okay why am I the way I am and I think my kindness definitely comes from the fact that I have examples of people being kind when they did not have to be yeah. um, my thankfulness comes from the fact that my life worst thing that's happened to me is four months of bullying and my parents got divorced right and like there's some other things in there that you oh, kind yeah. of reflect on but at the end of it all I'm able to pull back and say I'm super fortunate to live the life and, and we're not even getting I think into that's, the privilege and, and I think that's the, the most important about like not just taking a pride of who you are but understanding it's like listen like it's not my fault that I had a life like this you know, because sometimes people, you're always going to have haters. You know, like, oh, you know, this and that. Like, oh, uh, you know, you were in a Christian family and all about religion. And you're always so positive about all these things. Instead of like, there's some people that it's just, they're considered old money, new money. It's like, you just are born in that situation. It's not your fault. Yeah. You know, it's just, people shouldn't be telling you like. Yeah, you know, I think, but there's also a responsibility to take you, you, you gotta take notice of this stuff because you know I'm, yeah. a, I'm a person who has a friend a, an immigrant friend who almost was deported and I was found myself wrapped up in the situation of like yeah. here's one of my best buds who's doing everything right who is looking potentially at getting deported today like coming knocking yeah. on my door to steal my friend and so you have these things in your life like my fiance black woman like so these perspectives you gain from being around people privilege I am one of the most privileged people in the world. I'm a white American born in the United States. Like, Bro, you like you I'm are so like the most American person I ever. You see what I mean? Like you have to take, like you have to, you have to realize that and understand that that's something that you have to be thankful for. Yeah, man. And and so the people I'm around me and what they've gone through teaches me to be thankful for the things I have, and. 
that's kind of why I don't feel I have the right to be a negative, not person. kind person. Yeah. Like, because if if I'm given all these gifts, and, and I'll just put it straight out, and this is really my mentality on it. Like I feel like God has given me gifts. And those gifts can either be used for my own self-gain. Sleeping with women, like using looks to do these things for right. yourself. Um, gift of communication, like that could be used for like massive oh, amounts of wealth oh, yeah. and, and screwing can, people over and stuff. Again, you, you, you have a pathway where your tree of rows it's so much big bigger than other people's that only have two roads yeah. you can either be good or bad that's it and like the path of somebody who comes to this country with nothing and and they work their butts off to get to where they are oh, yeah. it's almost like you know you, it's nice because i think as an a more mature person in my like ages now i'm able to look at it and say man i have been dealt an amazing hand and because of that i have a responsibility to do things that are good yeah. and use that responsibility to lift others up who didn't have such a good hand. So instead of looking at it as like, how can I use all this stuff for my own gain? I want to do this to help other people. And a lot of that has to do with my faith-based background, man. Like that's what that's what I'm taught. It's taught to love, it's taught to forgive. And so I look at it, man, I, if I was to base who CJ is off of things, I'm a person who has been surrounded by the most amazing people ever. I have a feeling that this 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 is going to be a long ass podcast between <laughs> us. Um, and it, what I want to do is introduce you in season one here, right? And actually re re not redo, but do another podcast. I would love to have you and Bree. Oh yeah, uh, together for season two, which it will be like probably like way after you're you guys are married yeah. so i want to see like i want to see that transition she changed my life yeah Bree changed my life and, i was a broken man and, when i met that girl and you know what like I, I think that's for another episode because i know that's a deep deep also too i think conversation that we're gonna have but it's, it's learning all these things from you and things that i already know about you not necessarily that you had to inform me it's just you can just sense the energy and then I just wanted people to know what's the purpose of this podcast is not just to, um, you know, hey, let me introduce you to one person. No, it's, hey, let me introduce someone that has been affecting my life in a positive way. Maybe you can learn something out of it or get related to something like that, you know, and you speaking about like immigration and all these things and all that. And one of the reasons we became friends is because it's like it's, it's hard, it, you know, certain subjects that I told you because I am an immigrant kid, mm -hmm. you know, I came here from nothing, I was forced to be here, I've gone through all this stuff, and, and I go through all this stuff, and obviously when you tell me your stories, but the way you say your stories, so humbling that it's like, there's no reason for me to even be jealous about what you are, who you are, what you are, I actually makes me more care about it, but also to be more, like, not relatable, but more like respect, right, and that's that's what I appreciate more, especially with the background that I have, compared to like, oh yeah, I'm, I've done this, uh, I look good, I'm a model, and blah, blah blah, and then you're like, oh, okay, cool. There's no, there's no why. Yeah, it's just no like, I'm good. Behind it. Yeah. So my question, my final question would be to you, because we can go on for, no, for hours. I like we, it too. We I spoke for another hour before Prior this. To this. Yeah. <laughs> Talking so about guys. I'm like, Jesus, I know this is gonna be a long one, um, but. If you had to describe yourself with one word, what would it be? And I'm proud of this word. I think kind is the word. Kind. Kindness. Kindness. You are I definitely good. have massive amounts of empathy. So it would be between kindness and empathetic. And I'm telling you, man, that it's changed my life. Yeah. Like in. I can see it, man. Like, and it's, and, it's, and it's so good. Taking time. Like, it's just, take, it, it takes time. It's, it's when you're rushing out of the building and the person stops you. Yeah. And it's like, I cannot spend this time with you. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, man. Like, it's just, it's a city is, it's the world, man. The world is craving, like, happiness and kindness. And Well, especially in New York City, we don't, we don't. We lack patience. 
So kindness have to go with patience because you need to be patient. You need to listen. You need to understand. You need to stop in order for you to know what that person needs. But if you don't have patience, if you don't have patience, kindness is going to go out the window because you just like you're more aware of what you need to do yeah. with your own mission. Yeah. So you you don't you stop to care. Yeah. But you, so, you know how I roll. I'm, oh, not, yeah. I'm not just like a hundred percent. Oh, I'm this nice guy. I, I give, I give it oh, back. Yeah, yeah. I crack jokes. Yeah, even Bree tells me oh, this guy deep. is like you tell him to give him a hundred dollars, and he'll steal from my bag. And like, <laughs> but but, my, but the thing is, like, there's days I wake up and I'm like, I'm not a kind person today. Yeah. I'm not happy and I'm not kind, and I need to make an active decision once I step out of this door. And, and a lot of this comes from prayer and devotionals and stuff to get my mind right. Yeah. But I need to make an active decision that says when I leave my door. It's no one other than myself's issue. Why am I gonna take? Why am I gonna take this out on like the dude on the subway? Like yeah. it's so I need to make the decision. You know, even if I don't want to, to still be kind. And I found that to be the key. The key is over a period of time, telling yourself to be nice and telling yourself to be kind. It becomes it's like a habit. Yeah. And you kind of find yourself trying to switch from like you were before, quick to be angered, quick to let people affect you into like no. Like I choose to be this way. How so, can we find you on Instagram? At C J K O E G E L, and that's pretty much across the board with everything. Um, thank you very much, my Dude, man, for being man, in this. Dude, man, I'm so proud oh of you, Oh my bro. god, you're yeah. one of the dopest humans I know. Uh, next 30 seconds, but if you guys have any questions for my boy C J, just email me. We're gonna be doing a, a uh, Q and A. Uh, for season finale in episode, I think, 15 or 16. Sweet. So just um, message me at unleashfit at gmail.com. Send me a message. Or you can find me on Instagram at unleashfitgmail.com. Bye, beautiful people, creatures. Oh, yeah. Bye, beautiful, beautiful creatures. creatures. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next episode.